pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now it is 106. It is Thursday. It is December 16th. And this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Folks, stop in and see them. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And remember, they also have the beautiful new outdoor deck. They're waiting for you. A great meal, fun time is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So let's bring you up to speed on everything that is happening right now at 106. Now, first of all, obviously yesterday, a lot of fallout with the uh, Governor McKee mention. Uh, I will admit, he, I, I think he went, um, he went farther than I thought he would. He went farther than I thought he would. Um, because I, I thought that Governor McKee would say, well, we're not, we're not going to go different than anything Massachusetts is doing. And, and I was wrong about that. So, and I want to go and make sure, you know, everything we're going to tell you is accurate. But I'm going to go for, this is first from the Providence Journal from the Projo. For the first time since May, vaccinated Rhode Islanders have to wear masks when they visit many businesses. Starts Monday. Governor McKee is issuing a new mask mandate for indoor stores, restaurants, entertainment values, venues that hold 250 or more people. Smaller establishments have the option. You can either enter mask-free if they can prove they're fully vaccinated. So they do a, here's what you need. Will I have to wear a mask? Large grocery stores, big box retailers, theaters, concert venues, banquet halls, conventions at a dunk, all have to require one to wear a mask. Smaller establishments from corner stores, hairdressers, coffee shops, boutiques can allow people in without masks. They have to make sure anyone who doesn't wear a mask is vaccinated. How do I prove vaccination status? Customers entering can show their vaccination card, a photo of their card, a printout of their vaccination records, or a screenshot of their records. States also appearing to roll up on a mobile app, make it easy to show vaccination status. If smaller stores and restaurants think it easy to acquire masks, can they do that? Yes. It's likely many will leading to effective mask mandates in many areas. Do I have to wear a mask during religious ceremonies? Yes. Starting after this weekend, church, synagogue, mosque holds more than 250 people. Same goes for cultural gatherings and indoor historical sites. Do I have to wear a mask at the office? Not unless your employer requires it. New mask rule applies to all customer-facing business. How do I know if an establishment's capacity is 250. For restaurants, capacity is generally how many seats a place has. For catered events, the number of people in the guest list is a good indicator. Um, will businesses be penalized if they don't follow the mask mandate? McKee said he does not like penalties, but didn't rule them out. Said details are still being worked out. Do the mask rules apply to children 11 and under who only recently were allowed to be vaccinated? Yes. Everyone two or older must be vaccinated or wear a mask. When do the new mask rules start? Monday, after the last shopping weekend before Christmas. When will mask mandates end? Huh. That depends on how many people get sick with COVID. The new order lasts a month, but could be extended. McKee has not set any specific measurable thresholds for when the emergency is over. Since the start of the pandemic, waves of infections have tend to last a few months before receding and public health restrictions have followed along. Will there be capacity restrictions on businesses or shutdowns of any activities like last year? At the moment, no new limits on business appear likely. So what that means is, you know, in the past, you, you can't have the bar area six feet apart, blah, blah, blah. There's none of that. How do the rules define fully vaccinated? That's a good question. As the case since COVID were made... Someone is considered fully vaccinated two weeks after their second dose of the vaccine. However, Rhode Island health officials want everyone to get a booster and seem eager to require that extra dose, but are waiting on federal regulators. 
So Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott said that's definitely the direction we want to go. So I recognize that um, that listen, and it is upsetting. I agree. It is. It's like a kick in the gut, isn't it? It just is. But that is the latest as far as Rhode Island. Now, let's get to some other headlines. It's one eleven. It's Thursday. CDC forecast, 15,600 deaths per week. UK, it's really bad over there, warns hospitalizations could exceed previous peaks. Queen has canceled the pre-Christmas party. Omicron infects 70 times faster than previous strains. Maryland hospitals are near capacity. Colorado is critical. Sports leagues facing crisis. NFL super spreader. Brawl breaks out on train over masks. I hate when that stuff happens. Major music acts seeing 20% no-show rates at concerts. CDC weighs limits on the Johnson & Johnson shot over the clots. That's a problem. How about this? France has 110,000 fake health passes in circulation. D.C., California, Hawaii, top list of safest states to live during the pandemic. That's interesting. Hawaii, I can see that. Omicron upends pandemic rules. Booster mandates begin. UK surge warning. Wow. Magazine, beware prophecies of civil war. DC's latest big decision, whether to charge Trump. Meadows, Mark Meadows, who we interviewed, folks, in legal peril. I hope not. Um, how about Bruce Springsteen sold his catalog for $500 million. Well, I think he feels while he's alive. Um, Reverend Copeland, wealthiest pastor in America. He lives tax-free mansion. That guy's actually pretty funny. All right. But getting back to some of the local news. Um, but that, that is different. So I didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't think Governor McKee was going to do it. Um, I like some of these, uh, some of the other headlines we're looking at. Has COVID made us too clean? <laughs> this is the Boston Globe. Cleanliness has been dispensed in squirts, wipes, sprays for two Who wrote this? No. Uh, for two years during the pandemic, but science is looking back. The upside may be outweighed by some serious downsides. People will be debating our pandemic response for years to come. How can we save more lives, help more kids, keep more businesses afloat? But their aspects of response may shock future generations. The extreme clean cleanliness that has come to characterize our lives for more than two years, the cleanliness has been dispensed in squirts, wipes, and sprays often seen as uh, good. But to scientists looking back at upsides, we didn't know how COVID was spread, may outweigh some serious downsides. Research began to wonder how the cleanliness of the modern world was affecting us. (laughs) I like that there are people actually studying this. Uh, uh, Does this come into... Like uh, Ashton Kutcher and those people that don't shower. Is that what we're talking about? Um, Nearly 160 million later. This is, again, the Boston Globe. The state's contract tracing program is ending. Boy, that, that was, like, completely ridiculous. The Massachusetts program that tracks down people who are exposed to COVID is wrapping up. As they shift priorities, precious dollars to vaccinating and testing results. You remember Governor Mundo, folks, with the whole um, contract tracing notebook she had. You know, and and, in my, I also want to, boy, every headline now is going right back to COVID. It's too bad. Army says 90% of the COVID vaccine by deadline. Um, the restaurants. I've never seen such bad behavior in my life. Restaurants grapple with host of challenges heading into the second pandemic winter. At the Union Oyster House, an icon that opened in 1826, survived the Spanish flu. 
business is booming. That's great, except when anti-mask customers lash out. I had a group of people in Florida run up a tab of $340. In the tip line, they wrote, stop telling people to wear masks. Others demand free food if they're dissatisfied. I'm not sure customers understand a free appetizer could cost someone a job. I've been a bartender for 25 years and never seen such bad behavior in my life. Heading into the second pandemic winter, restaurants are grappling with a host of challenges. Lack of funds, the new Omicron variant, temperamental guests ready to get back to normal life, supply chain issues, and eerily quiet downtown. There's no playbook. Risk tolerance varies widely. Restaurants make their own vaccine policies for customers and employees. Um, let's see. Bah, 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 bah. For restaurants that have stayed in business, it's a tightrope act. Tight rope act. At one newly opened Italian restaurant, returning guests are in a celebratory mood, especially older diners who she shied away from going out last year. But business shifts with headlines. We definitely feel the knee jerk of information that isn't always necessarily reliable. But going into the holidays, there's more festive sense this year. People are out enjoying themselves, a little less fearful. The downside, customers who demand a return to pre-pandemic norms at all costs. One bartender who works at Drink in Fort Point, swanky destination for sophisticated cocktails, had to explain mass policies to dubious customers, prefers to avoid crowds when he dines at own time. He also suffered from COVID, expects guests to get it. My livelihood is, my health is my livelihood. Uh, another person runs the brick and mortar in Cambridge. He had COVID last year and he's blunt. Hearing this on the street, COVID cases on the rise in restaurants, everybody foot on the gas for the holidays. Federal, state, both laissez fire and regulation, zero action on relief effort. January coming, many bad decisions by employers going on right now. If you're talking to restaurateurs who are saying right now, no, it's great, we don't care, we're packed every night, they're peddling BS. Not that I don't think they're busy, some restaurants are, especially in the suburbs, but the perspective is trivializing the situation, both the industry and the people. Um, Pre-pandemic sediments don't prevail everywhere. Office workers have been slow to return to the city. And that hurts places like Boston Public Market. We're way off on foot traffic numbers from previous years. We did have 90,000 people in the market in November. About half what we've had in a typical November. Wow. Uh, At the market, all employees are required to be vaccinated in an effort to make guests feel welcome. That's moot if the guests are working from suburbia instead of downtown. So, folks, people are adapting in different ways. But I'm just looking at, you know, we're back to all of the headlines. Um, All of the headlines are back about COVID. And uh, about, and, and, you know, all of the fallout from that. I wish it were different. Other other than in North Kingstown now, they've, they've had some people come forward uh, to say that the way they were touched by that coach is, is definitely um, is being investigated. But I also want to see this. So this is new. Governor McKee, and folks, good afternoon right now, 119. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Governor McKee uh, today announced the addition of 130 Additional emergency shelter beds for people fleeing hopelessness, including 80 beds at the former Memorial Hospital in Pawtucket. During a news conference, they also announced 20 beds will open immediately in Providence's Holworth House for housing insecure people who test positive for COVID. Now we have separate housing for COVID homeless. That's new. The announcement came as advocates have been accusing the governor of sitting on millions in federal relief money, blah, blah, blah. State Senator Cynthia Mendez, a progressive lieutenant governor candidate, and Matt Brown, progressive gubernatorial candidate, been sleeping in tents outside the state house to press for action on homelessness. We are listening to anybody who wants to talk about the issue, McKee said. But I think it's a little presumptive to think that any one group got us here today. Uh, spoke at a news conference at the Rhode Island Coalition and Homelessness Office building in Pawtucket. More than happy to work with the people willing to do the work. That's why we're here. 
When asked about criticism directed at him by Mendez and Brown, McKee said, I'm not going to talk back about personal attacks in this time frame. We all know why the personal attacks are coming. I would just say, look, everybody in the room has been committed to helping people their entire lives. That's not different than me. You know, I actually agree with the governor on that. Critics have called for months on McKee and the General Assembly to tap a huge influx of federal uh, cash to create 500 new housing units. Um, when asked about the federal money, Governor McKee said, I don't think you can put a dollar number on it. He believes it's going to meet the scale of the homeless problem. Stephen Pryor explained there'll be an additional $4 million in funds. God, folks, there is just, I, I, you, you would think that this is like the bulk of the state with what the amount of time and effort. I think it's overkill. I think it's overkill. This isn't what people are concerned about. This isn't what people are concerned about. Stop focusing on this. He's got to start to, you know, if he follows the progressives, as I said, it's never going to be enough. Do you understand that? It's never going to be enough. The, the more time, resource, and effort he puts into the homeless, they'll just keep moving the goalposts. They don't negotiate in good faith. They do not negotiate in good faith. No matter what he puts forward, the governor will never, his critics will never say, now that's something that we can live with. Never. Never. All right, folks, right now at 122 on this Thursday, listen, it's nice out. It's warm out. Today is a good day. Maybe you want to shop local. I encourage you to do that. Support some local businesses like It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Our friend Marie. Yes. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, It's My Health, where she has vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, ice, honey, maple syrup, 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, um, Hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products. You know what makes a great gift? Body oil or soaps. Or how about give someone a massage? But stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road, that historic white church. It's my health because it's your health. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by, don't forget, our friends with the Centerdale. And the Senadale Revival, we had Shane on the other day, Comfort Food and Cocktails, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. A good time is waiting for you at the Senadale Revival. Well, folks, you want to stop in. Of course, you want to get your Christmas shopping done. People like original, different type of, of gifts, and they provide them. All right, let's get with some of the sound. Um, one thing for sure is President Biden you know, as I've talked about, he's he's not exactly uniting people. Uh, no one would, I don't think, would ever accuse him of being a uniter. But but Governor McKee, um, he, oh, happy birthday. Former Governor Don Cacciari is 79 today. But Governor McKee, he, he has to stop listening to the progressive left. He he just or or you know, or he does it if he wants to listen to them. It's at his own peril. All right, let's get to some of the sounds. Starting with CNN, Biden's approval ratings. John King, URI grad. They're beyond bleak. Let's listen to it. Brand new CNN poll. The numbers are bleak, beyond bleak for the president and for his party. As we count now, now count the days the midterm election year and. A midterm fight to control Congress. Economic pain and anxiety are behind the country's sour mood. And that coast-to-coast COVID frustration you just heard is the driving force of this sobering, very sobering year-end report card. Let's take a look at the numbers. Number one, the president's approval rating is the North Star of midterm election politics. Our new poll finds the president at 49% approval, 51% disapproval. Relatively evenly divided country in our poll. But our poll has a number slightly better when you average out the last five or six polls, which is the smart thing to do, never invest in just one poll, you see the president's approval rating at the end of the year averages at 45%, 51 disapproved. Only Donald Trump 
was lower than that at this point of his presidency. We know what happened to the Republicans in the first midterm of the Trump presidency. This is the challenge for Democrats. Can you change that number over the course of the next few months? Let's look at why. Why is the president's approval down near a historic low? Well, on COVID, he is still above water, if you will. 54% of Americans approve of the president's handling of COVID, 45% disapprove. But look at all these other issues. 54% disapprove. A majority disapprove of the economy. A big majority, nearly 60%, disapprove on immigration. A majority disapprove on is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden promised to do, help the middle class. 54% say they disapprove. International policy, foreign affairs, also the president underwater. Let's walk more closely through this. This is a signature number here. Listen to these numbers. For Remember, Joe Biden ran. I get it. I'm not Donald Trump. I can fix it. Your life will get better. Only three in 10 Americans, only 30% say Biden's policies have improved the economy. Wow. 45% say they have worsened things. Oh. And 25% say no effect. So add this up. 70% of Americans say things are either the same or worse oh. when it comes to the economy wow. in Joe Biden's presidency. That is alarming for the Democrats. And it translates again this way. Remember, he said, I get it. I have all this experience. I am ready to lead. Well, 66% of Americans, two-thirds, that means a fair amount of Democrats, have either reservations or doubts about President Biden's leadership. Again, a warning sign heading to the midterm. So why is this happening? 80% of you, 80% say food costs are a problem in the economy. 79% say supply chain. 65% say COVID. You see it on gas costs, housing costs, government spending. But this is what is critical about this poll. This is not just people think this. Look at our numbers. People feel this. Wow. That's why the president is down. This is personal. Huh. 70%, nearly 69% of Americans say they've been unable to find something they want to purchase. Supply chain issues. 57% say they've faced delays in receiving something they want to purchase. Again, back to the supply chain. 54% of you say you've either bought fewer groceries or changed what you buy at the store because of inflation at the grocery store. And it's a smaller number, but still 43% of Americans say they've cut back significantly on driving because gas costs are up. The you know, think of that. Think of that. All the warning signs. And again, folks, good afternoon at 128. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. If you're listening right now, the heating season is definitely here, even though you're getting a reprieve today. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. Call J.K.L. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. They have the highest rebates on the market. Reduce your oil bill. This winter, by as much as 90%, call JKL 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. JKL, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600. And I also want to point out, that is CNN. CNN with that soundbite. That we just played. Think of that. All right, let's go back to um, some more sound. Starting with, um, where did I see Southwest Airlines CEO talking about masks? The CEO of Southwest doesn't feel that masks doesn't add much, if anything. I want you to hear this. Ever do you think be able? to get on an airplane without masks. Well, again, I would, I would echo uh, my colleagues' comments uh, on the quality of the air. It's, uh, the, the, the statistics I recall is 99.97% of airborne pathogens uh, are captured by the HIPAA filtering system and is turned over every two or three minutes. We use UT Southwestern and Stanford School of Medicine. But, um, yeah, I, I think the case uh, is very strong that... Uh, masks don't add much, if anything, uh, in the uh, air cabin environment. It's very safe and very high quality compared to uh, uh, any other indoor setting. You know, that's interesting. However, good luck with anyone. I, 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 I think they're here to stay on planes and flights for quite some time. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, one thirty. On this Thursday, it's brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop it and see John Francis. If there is a firearm enthusiast on your list, 
they have gift certificates. You can certainly get that. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. Contact John Francis Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Easy to get to. You take the last exit in 90 of, uh, in Rhode Island. Exit 2A. Go past the Attleboro train station. And then you hang a left at the light at Benefit Street and Newport Avenue. And you will be right there. Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. All right, I want to get to um, also, there is uh, also sound 22% of Americans believe that President Biden, only 22% think that he's actually helping the inflation crisis. I want to play this. This is polls beyond dismal for the uh, for the president. Middle class Joe's credibility problem taking a huge hit as inflation soars to nearly a 40 year high. Jackie DeAngelis is with us with more. Jackie. Good evening to you, Liz. That's exactly right. Look, the big headline here was inflation. It's a huge problem for voters. And this will no doubt be a primary issue in the midterms next year. Now, when asked if inflation has hurt them 67 percent two-thirds of respondents said that inflation caused them hardship in the last six months to put this in context more than eight and ten are ex- extremely or very concerned about inflation that's more than are worried about higher u.s crime rates their taxes the federal deficit and the pandemic in other words can biden get inflation under control that's another question 47 percent that he is said he is hurting inflation um so either he's implementing the wrong policies or not doing enough to reverse things that are not working then of course there's build back better that massive 1.75 trillion dollar spending bill that undoubtedly is going to cost more than that but that's what democrats want to push through 46 percent say that that will make inflation worse 42 percent said it will hurt the economy Well, of course it is. And the good news is, though, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think, you know, this big spending that they want, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I mean, if anything, right now, there's too much money floating around. I never thought I'd say that, but there is. There's just too much money floating around. Folks, how about also they they got that woman. Portsmouth police say they arrested the 29-year-old Newport woman. She abandoned two dogs on Thanksgiving Day. Joni Mack. Charged with unnecessary cruelty of an animal, abandonment, felony. Um, They were found on the side of the road. Just disgraceful. But the the media is all over that story compared with um, some of the stories that they don't cover as much. Now, I also want to say I credit, I'm glad Bishop Tobin is saying that we are not turning one anyone away that shows up at mass uh that doesn't have a mask on we are not turning anyone away rhode island business owners react to the new mask or vax policy this is not the direction people want to go this is not the direction that people want to go it absolutely is not let me hear this is the channel 12 story on it i believe yes here we go. Governor's announcement today to curb the spread of COVID-19. Governor McKee is mandating most indoor establishments require masks or proof of vaccination starting Monday. Large venues will need to require masking regardless of vaccination status. 12 News reporter Amanda Pitts spoke with the owner of a large event venue who says he started losing money just hours after the announcement was made. Amanda has more on how his business is being impacted. Amanda? Well, Shannon, the owner of Skyline at Waterplace in Providence says they have holiday parties and weddings on the books for the coming weeks, and some are already canceling. He fears what these new rules will mean for business. It's a black cloud over the business community. Masking rules are back in Rhode Island. Governor Dan McKee announcing Wednesday small venues in the state must require masks or proof of vaccination. And larger venues... With a capacity of over 200... I apologize, folks. Hold on. Here we go. 50 people. Masking will be required for employees and patrons, regardless of vaccination status. You know, at this point, I'm pretty much numb. Michael Mata runs... 
Skyline at Waterplace in Providence, a popular venue for weddings and corporate events. He says he was blindsided by the governor's news. The events are getting smaller and smaller, and you know, an announcement like this is most likely going to get people to stay under the 250. He says he's already had an event canceled this week due to COVID, and soon it'll be Skyline's biggest event of the year, New Year's Eve. Where as many as 550 people ring in the new year. And we're one Providence, so we're the biggest event in the state. We do fireworks. You know, I scaled back already, and a news like this, it just kind of depresses you a little bit, you know, because here we are again. With several large weddings on the books, he's already hearing from couples who are trimming their guest list to avoid masking. But that means less money in his pocket. Instead of 200 people, they're doing 50 people. And as an event venue, the more people you get, the easier it is to make it more affordable for people. And the less, the harder it is to even survive. And enforcing the masking is another hurdle, he says. He hopes the state will help industries like his get through this latest surge. You know, now we have to have extra staff to be able to enforce these kinds of things. Oh. We can't get staff as is. Oh. I hope that the government does what they've done in the past and help help out all of these businesses because it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher. Now, as Christmas approaches, many churches may hit that 250-person mark. Bishop Thomas Tobin, a statement today, urged Catholics to follow state guidelines and wear a mask when attending Holy Mass, but also said no one should be turned away or singled out for not wearing one. Live in studio, Amanda Pitts, 12 News. What a mess. Folks, what an absolute disaster. Um, and again, what, what also adds to this to me is just the fact that we are right on the line. That we are, uh, and, and especially for those, I, I was surprised that Governor McKee did this because of, I thought he would just follow suit with whatever Governor Baker's doing in Massachusetts. I did. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge, Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's inside or they got the big deck outside, they're waiting for you at the Lodge. I also want to play this um, story regarding the school threat in uh, Woonsocket believe we have that um home the teen has been suspended from school and is charged with disorderly conduct well at least they have who it was the barrington the barrington situation is much much worse where they do not have who did it we also have an update on the naked fat test coach pork boy's friend pork boy said he would love to have had this guy Give him the uh, the test. All right, here is uh, the latest, and this is pretty disturbing, folks. New this in is the case listen to this. North High the North Kingstown coach. coach. Aaron Thomas is accused uh, by multiple former student athletes of having them stripped naked for so-called fat tests. Uh. I'm Shannon Heggie. Thomas resigned before being fired. New tonight, the North Kingstown School Committee held a meeting releasing these findings to the public for the first time. 12 News reporter Chelsea Jones is there live with a break down of what happened tonight. Chelsea? Shannon, many people came forward today at the meeting alleging that the school committee has been distracted with the Aaron Thomas situation. Now, this latest allegation claims that Thomas may have inappropriately touched a student, just 13 at the time, and it went on for years. In an investigation conducted by lawyer Matthew Oliverio that concluded in June, new damning claims against Aaron Thomas have been revealed. In an 87-page report, Oliverio says one student claims the coach would often use his fingers by lifting his genitals on the pretense of checking a hernia. Oliverio was hired to conduct the independent investigation back in February. The report was released after a public records request by Target 12. The North Kingstown School Committee addressed the claims Wednesday night. We understand the gravity of some of the report's findings, and we understand that the report is Thomas is accused of conducting naked fat tests of high school students for over two decades. A claim he's denied to North Kingstown police, though it's been challenged by dozens of former students. And Oliverio writes in his report, Thomas's claims does not hold up to the evidence. Current students are asking for transparency. Everything that the students have heard, at least the ones I've spoken to, have, has come from the news. And our administration has not sent out any new inf- any information at all. And I know this may be part of a legality issue, but at the very least, we owe it to our students to provide 
them with counselors and mental health services. Oliverio says he wasn't able to interview Thomas himself for this report. Thomas's lawyer at the time cited the ongoing investigation by the North Kingstown Police Department. But this investigation raises new questions about what school officials knew early on. We certainly contend that people knew things other than what it is that the school committee has been told that people knew. And that's a significant difference of, of understanding with regards to facts. So, According to the report, in 2017, a math teacher witnessed Thomas alone with a student dressed in only shorts. Then-principal Dr. Denise Mansiri, now assistant superintendent, is quoted in the report saying the optics don't look good, but she assumed the situation was being addressed. The school committee is taking the phase one recommendations into account and has made and will continue to make changes based on those recommendations. Thomas has not been charged with a crime and the former coach has denied any wrongdoing. You know, that is the whole thing, folks, is um, it just continues to be bizarre. I don't know where this is going to lead. I, I don't. And it's taken up a lot of time. Uh, it, it, it just... It, I, I don't it just seems unimaginable at, at this point where with where we are that that type of behavior would be allowed. And and then you do have the people, a few who are defending him. Folks, again, um, I encourage you to visit the website, petro.com. We have unique original stories and video and petro.com, which is brought to you by Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty based in Cumberland, 20 years experience. License in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. There's a link on the website. Are you thinking, are you like to maybe kick the tires a little bit on either selling or buying? Well, contact my friend Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. Specializes residential investment property sales, services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. It's Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. If you go to the website, topedro.com, you can see there's a direct link uh, where you can then contact uh, Pat Elston, who just does a, um, a terrific job. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Make Propane Plus your propane provider. In Massachusetts, call their number, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, 401 885 4209 Propane Plus, energy for everyone, affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now renewable. Propane Plus, call them today, 885-4209. As many of you know, President Biden did visit the areas hit by the uh, tornado, which is, is just brutal when you see the destruction um, that those people were um, hit with. Let me see this. So Cynthia Mendes and fellow protesters are declaring victory and ending the nightly protest after the governor's announcement. After 10 months of inaction, Rhode Island crisis, three days of nearly 100 sleeping in tents, Governor McKee announced all these new shelter beds, this would never have happened without the public pressure of the sleep out protests, said the Rhode Island homeless advocacy. We've been asking for these beds for months, got nothing. Last uh, two weeks, we've seen a complete change June from the governor. All of a sudden, this crisis moved to the top of his list of priorities. So they are uh, absolutely claiming victory. And now they're going to decide what direction I believe that they're going to, um, let's see. Oh, okay. Dueling press conferences. Let me see this one. When, when is this one? Uh, two o'clock. Dueling, uh, hold a press conference. Two o'clock to respond to the governor press conference. Oh, okay. Uh, to address homelessness. So they're um, declaring victory over the whole thing and they got uh, attention out of it. So, but but what about the business community now? Maybe, is it possible that, that Governor McKee could now, oh, so they're having a press conference coming up at two o'clock today, at two o'clock to respond to this additional immediate measure to address homelessness. Um, well, 
if anything, Governor McKee, intentional or not, is essentially signaling different people that this is how you get his attention. This is how you get his attention uh, if you want change. Now, you also have folks. How about the back and forth with Elon Musk going after Elizabeth Warren, calling her Senator Karen? Joy Reid on MSNBC calls out, accuses Elon Musk, cultural appropriation for calling her Senator Karen. Let me um, let me hear this. So he do what he always did and stomp his little feet and insulted Senator Warren, calling her an angry mom and referring to her as Senator Karen. So for so many reasons, being a freeloader and a selfish and disrespectful one, and for misappropriating black vernacular for misogynistic purposes, Elon Musk is the absolute worst. Meanwhile, Senator Warren has better things to do than fight with Junior Birdman on Twitter. It- you know, what? I, I, it's hard to believe that they actually allow that person to have a show. But I'll also um, say this. If they want to have her on, that that is their choice. Like, I'm not calling for them to cancel her in any way. Um, Here we go. Australian health official. Instead of Christmas shopping, everyone should get the COVID booster. Australia's been really, really tough with the lockdowns and arresting... Gift. Resting so I would people. recommend that instead of Christmas shopping, everyone shops for a COVID booster online or reaches out and for, um, to their food partner to make them an appointment um, to go online for a COVID shot. And that is the best, exciting gift that can be given. Folks, you notice that I, I, I'm just people are, are going, <laughs> things are going in the wrong direction. They're absolutely going in the wrong direction. Retailers who supported defunding police now demand action from Congress amid the smash and jack grab crime surge. Huh. That's interesting. You know, there's a good piece in the um, folks. And again, good afternoon at 147. You're listening to the John DePietro show. I think it's interesting that that um, that Matt Brown and the progressives are. Are really going after um, Governor McKee, trying to say that they forced him into action, forced him into action, and I I like how these kids in New, do you hear about these kids in New Jersey saying they don't want the school shut down and go remote again? We were remote all year, you know. That is the complete opposite of what you know these Barrington kids demanding that they go remote learning. I've heard things that they might like shut down schools and put people on remote again. And I don't want that to happen because during COVID it was really hard because I was on remote all year. And when I finally came back to school, like everything was different. You know, it's so cruel to do that to the children. So cruel. 67% of independent voters don't want Joe Biden to run in 2024. Something's happening. Something's definitely going to happen there. Um, Let's see. Eric Adams knew the New York PD commissioner is being appointed in front of a mural featuring Malcolm X, Nat Turner, Angela Davis. You know, they they need a, a new mayor. Without question, they they need a new a new uh, mayor of that. Brad Parcel Pascal tells me the January sixth committee has subpoenaed his phone records. He agreed to the subpoena, which covers November to January. I have nothing to do with January sixth. Zero to height. Um, folks, and then you have the Baltimore police officer who's on life support after being shot while in his patrol vehicle. You know that's all part of the anti-police. Se- that's all part of just like that nut that is uh, running for governor of, uh, of Massachusetts. It's all part of it. Now, as far as the smash and grabs, there's a good piece in the uh, attorney general of Arizona. who writes, most Americans remember the riots and the looting 
of summer 2020. Of course we do. While media attention has dwindled on these crimes, looting in major cities has continued, and it's escalating this Christmas season. The center of organized retail theft is the San Francisco Bay Area. Since 2040 states have increased their theft financial thresholds, including California, where in 2014 voters more than doubled the value of merchandise a defendant could steal before facing a felony charge. The practical effect is that anything up to 950 is fair game. And the incentive for police is to act is to close to zero. According to a new survey, three of the top 10 cities affected by organized retail crime are in California. Studies show as much as almost $69 billion in goods were stolen from retailers in 2019. The economic impact of retail crime is $125 billion in lost sales and 658,000 lost jobs. Asset protection managers believe such crime will get worse. Organized theft enriches criminal organizations, encourages other types of lawless behavior. In Providence, Rhode Island, you have the mayor of the city that's always making apologies for criminals. America can't sustain this crime wave. No one should tolerate it. Yet many justify the lawlessness. During the riots in Washington in May of 2020, one restaurant owner whose windows were smashed said, The rage is justified. If I need to suffer some broken property, let's be real. That isn't suffering. In response to California's recent crime explosion, some experts discourage the use of the term looting, which one described as, quote, term that we typically use when people of color or urban dwellers are doing something. With attitudes like these, no wonder these crimes continue to soar. As Arizona Attorney General, I refuse to capitulate to the lawless mob. Our office has provided law enforcement resources and work with the state to establish an organized retail crime task force in our office. We're prosecuting those who stole at least 70 ceiling fans worth 28,000 from various home improvement stores in Arizona and resold them on Facebook Marketplace at a fraction of the retail price. We expect our efforts will deter such theft and hope our task force becomes a model for California and other states. Again, he is the attorney general of Arizona. Folks, you know, see the difference of someone who will stand up to crime. And then you have the progressives who instead they enable it. Because there is a a huge, um, huge, huge difference between the two. Man forced off United Airlines plane for wearing. All right. Well, that's just stupid. Um, someone that does that. But but folks, again, uh, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I want to um, once again remind you, visit the website DePietro.com. And don't forget DePietro.com, which is brought to you by the End Zone Sports Pub. Patriots are playing Saturday night. How about the uh, the Colts are favored, as a matter of fact. Stop by. All the action will be going on at End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Dana and company, what a great operation they run. Don't forget, they have karaoke Friday and Saturday nights. An NFL ticket on Sundays. It's End Zone Sports Pub. Stop in and see them this weekend and especially on Saturday night. I was in there just... Two weeks ago on a Friday, I think. Two weeks ago on a Friday, popped in there. And it was a nice crowd on a uh, Friday afternoon. So, folks, um, that is um, the latest now where the state stands as far as Governor McKee. He is, without question, he is stalking out a progressive approach and stand um, regarding all his policies right now. And... It's, it's a shame. One thing that is not happening is there is no Rhode Island candidate for governor who's even challenging him. And that's what's missing from the equation. Rhode Island business religious leaders have mixed feelings about McKee's new COVID rules. 
Uh, Governor Gian McKee revealed a set of policies help mitigate the spread of COVID. So they take place on Monday, implemented another mask mandate. Again, he's saying, well, that's only for venues more than 250. Um, And that's something, folks, I want to focus on is the fact that it is only for venues that are 250 or above. His mandate sparked mixed reaction from political business industry leaders across the state. I like uh, Representative Brian Newberry. Seems kind of hard to claim with a straight face for living in an emergency <laughs> when it doesn't kick in for five more days. It's true. Uh, Rhode Island House Republicans issued a statement said if McKee was serious about solving the, he would repeal the health care vaccine mandate about the ICU bed shortage. Rather than the Department of Health being remedied, the governor has now imposed additional unenforceable measures to infringe on the people of Rhode Island's privacy. General Treasurer Seth Magazina was the first candidate to call for an indoor mask mandate and said in a statement that the governor's finally listening to the experts. Helena Folk said leadership is important, but he should have done it a while ago. But there's no one really pushing back against him. Not that strong on the other side. Uh, Bishop Nicholas Kinsey, Episcopal Diocese, said his diocese would comply with the new rules. People not willing to comply will be offered a mask or otherwise encouraged to watch service from home. Now, Bishop Tobin said, well, we're not turning anyone away who doesn't have a mask. Um, Let's see. Uh, How about Twin River? They knew this was going to happen. They supported. We knew about it ahead of time. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know that we're making sure the gambling establishments know more about what's happening before the uh, the, the regular person does. Um, so, folks, we are now um, two weeks away. I, I think one of the uh, biggest problems that the Republican Party has, I think it's more that they don't have a candidate, a viable candidate for... Secretary of State, more so than than governor, more so than governor, because you could certainly make an argument. Now, they there has not been a Republican elected statewide since 2006, when Rhode Island Governor Don Cacheri barely, barely won reelection over Charlie Fogarty, who was the lieutenant governor. I mean, he barely squeaked by. Fifty-one forty-nine, two thousand six. That was the last time. So the key is the Republican Party needs someone who's going to run for Secretary of State. And all these other states, folks, a lot of other states. And again, good afternoon at one fifty-eight. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on this Thursday. December 16th on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM in Florida, in Georgia, in Texas, in Arizona. So many other states have tightened up their, the way that they're doing voting and saying, you know, let's, let's make sure that it's accurate. Let's make it hard to cheat. Let's make it difficult for people. Rhode Island, the Republican Party and those in office decided not to do that. There was really no opposition about that. You haven't heard anything about it. And right now, the party does not have a candidate for secretary of state, and they don't have a viable candidate for for governor right now. Um, I would argue that the secretary of state office, I I would even make an argument that that could be the most important one. I think it's interesting now that they're banty about maybe Mayor Fung should run a third time. Uh, I like Mayor Fung. I don't know if that's the right office for him or he needs to go through that again. Maybe. Maybe it is. Hey, it took, maybe it is, three times. Maybe third time would be the charm. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePietro. I want to thank you for listening to Stay Tuned. Coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11, and then when there's breaking news, we do Facebook Live. Remember, visit the website, DePietro.com. If you want to reach me, if you want to shop at the shop or advertise and so forth, it's all at the website, DePietro.com. Enjoy this. WNRI Winsocket.